Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, welcome to the latest edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Welcome to the June the 3rd, 2021 podcast episode, taping the night of June the 2nd. Got a lot of playoff stuff to talk about, basketball and hockey. We're going to start off with the NBA. We're going to hold off for a second. Before I get into my rant mode, <laughs> like responsible podcasting journalists slash commentators, we'll just take a couple minutes and hit the big news. That look at look at how these these series are standing. Before I go off on my favorite quote unquote player of all time. Now that being said, injuries are making a huge impact right now on the playoffs. Oh, it's insane. And we could probably do another entire episode on this because I begin to wonder how much of this is babying the players, how much is it that they're not being conditioned properly. But then you look at the Nets, the Nets just blew through the Celtics, and we'll get to them in a second. Big changes for the Celtics today. The Nets blew through the Celtics in five games, and the big three for the Nets so far so good, even though they didn't play together Basically at all. Most of the season. Right. I think eight games? Yeah, something like that. So maybe it's going to work for the Nets, but now we've got Anthony Davis out again for the Lakers. Now Joel Embiid is out for the Sixers with a meniscus tear. Yeah, that's that's usually a five to six week minimum. Yeah, and they say he's day to day. My ass, he's day to day. Yeah, you're lucky. Oh, it's only a minor tear. No, with the meniscus, there's no minor tear. Yeah, so, you know, Chris Paul, the one that really worries me because, of course, I want the Lakers to go down in flames. The Chris Paul injury is the one that's really worrying me. His shoulder has been banged up most of the series with the Lakers. Yeah. And I think he re-aggravated it last night in the blowout win where a certain somebody decided he didn't want to stick around for the end of his big blowout loss, so he left the court five minutes early. Because he had to get treatment on his ankle. He had to get nook-nook. Okay. I held off as long as I could. Two minutes and 30 seconds. We couldn't even get the other stuff. (laughs) LeBron can kiss my ass, okay? Not only does he leave the game last night, June the 1st, when the Suns go up 3-2 on the Lakers, he can't stick around to the end of the game and support the other teammates. You know, as I mentioned, Anthony Davis was out, injured. So he he goes five minutes early off the court. Sulking, as he does when things don't go his way. Last week, we had a lot of stuff. Dave and I were talking. A lot of stuff happened right around the time we taped last week. So some of these things we talk about, here in basketball and baseball later on are going to be like things you're going to, that was a week ago. Well, we didn't get a chance to talk about them because they happened right when we were taping. And this is one of them. LeBron violated the health and safety protocols of the NBA last week. No. He went to some kind of a tequila sponsored event and got no suspension, no fine, how is it he gets away with it, but nobody else? Even does? though he will not, and he will not disclose whether he has had a, a shot or not. He will not tell people if he's been vaccinated. Yet, Kristaps Porzingis 
just for got the Mavericks got a hammered. fifty thousand dollar fine because he was at a bar. Where where's the equal treatment among your players here? It's LeBron. We don't treat everybody like LeBron. LeBron's the face of the NBA. Oh, so so it went from being the Jordan rules to the James rules. And then he's got to rip on Orlando, you know, the city that actually tried to accommodate everybody last year when they were in the bubble to try to get the NBA season finished and done without issue, without canceling the entire yeah. goddamn thing. And they won it in the bubble. He's going out and saying he hates Orlando. He can't stand Orlando. If he was ever traded to Orlando, he'd retire the next day. We don't need you in Orlando, LeBron. I don't care. I would hate the Magic if you were on the team. I would. You are the one player in the NBA that would make me hate my team. We've got Shaq. In history, we've got Penny Hardaway in history, Tracy McGrady. We have got enough history. We don't need your lame ass creating drama down in Orlando. If we want drama, go to Universal Studios, go to Disney World. There you go. All right. You mentioned the Celtics getting taken out in five games. Big changes in the organization as a result of that the next day. Danny Ainge retires as president of basketball operations, and Brad Stevens moves up from head coach to take that position. Very interesting how this is going to go. And now Stevens' first order of business, hire his replacement. Yeah, um... We'll get we'll get to more on the Celtics later. When we're going to talk about this whole major topic about fan behavior versus athletes' Ugh. behavior and who's the fault, who's to blame. Yeah, but there's ter- a lot of stupidity that we'll get to. But I've heard a lot of people today bashing the Celtics, for laughing at them. Ha ha ha! How the you know how the Nets embarrassed them and. You know, they blame Kyrie for everything. And this seems to me, if I was a Celtics fan, like a natural progression. If they feel like Brad Stevens can't take them any farther than he has, and he's been okay. He's been pretty good. He's had a pretty good run. Never been to the finals, but they have gone deep into the playoffs many times. He's getting them there. So, I, I, you know, maybe he is more suited. On the personnel side. Yeah, maybe he, he's good at, at finding the talent, weeding out the bad ones, finding the good ones. It'll be interesting to see who his, his first coaching hire is, though, to replace himself. Him. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I, I see a bad Austin Powers segue <laughs> in there. <laughs> Please allow me to introduce myself. Me. <laughs> However, that was. (laughs) All right. So overall, the NBA playoffs, we're looking at the Nets and the Bucks have already advanced and they're they're heading to a collision here coming up, I think, starting this weekend. That should be a pretty interesting series with Giannis against the big three. It'd be be very interesting to see Bucks got a sweep, Nets, you know, 4-1. 
so, almost. So yeah, they they should be fairly well rested and ready to go. Yeah. Now we talked about Embiid. So Philadelphia is up three one in their series right now. Who knows how the Embiid injury will hurt them? Atlanta's up three one on the Knicks in the East. Yep. Uh, I think if the Embiid injury ends up being as significant as we think it is, it's not day-to-day. I'm it's telling not. you, it's not it's day-to-day. It's not day-to-day. You're, he's pretty much done for the season. Yeah, I think the Nets-Bucks winner goes to the finals is what I'm looking at right now. Now, in the West, things are a lot tighter. Utah's up 3-1. Denver's up 3-2. I ripped on the Clippers last week. I called them frauds, <laughs> and guess what they did? They came back on the road and evened up the series, winning two in Dallas. So now the Mavericks and the Clippers are even at 2-2. Yeah. And, of course, we talked about, oh, the poor Lakers are down three games to two. Oh, wow. And poor LeBron. Oh, my God, the face of the NBA might not make it to the second round. Guess oh. what? That would be great for the league. And I actually have to say congratulations to Damian Lillard of the Blazers. Oh, great game last night. Holy God. 55 points in the 2-0 overtime loss. He hit a record 12 three-pointers. Yeah. And nobody, I've got to agree with this. I heard some analysis this morning. None of his teammates picked him up. If anybody else had shown up on that team. They would have won the game. Yeah, I mean... They just needed one or two people to make an extra basket or two. Come on, people. There are there are about five or six players in the NBA, not named LeBron, not named Giannis, who carry their teams year in and year out, put up great numbers. But they don't do have the any supporting they, cast. Yeah, they're not, they can't jump like LeBron from team to team to team, or they don't want to. Maybe they're trying to create their own legacy with the team that drafted them and signed them. Yeah, that that they're does not mercenaries happen. like LeBron or a number of other guys out there. Howard. <clears throat> yeah, but you can you can't compare Howard. Howard's oh God, he's the worst. But Dwight Howard doesn't have the resume, doesn't have the titles that LeBron does, and LeBron's got it all from jumping from team to team to team. But it's still the mercenary mentality. Absolutely. And you can't tell me now if the Nets don't go through, blow through the East, get to the the finals, and God, please tell me it won't be the Lakers. Please. (laughs) I don't care. And everybody's going to go, Jazz are boring. The Suns are boring. I'd rather watch either of those two play, the Nets, than another Freaking LeBron James shit show. I really don't want to see him again. I don't want to. He made his bed. He was the one that decided to configure the Lakers the way that they are. He wanted Anthony Davis, and everybody knew he was a China doll. Yeah. And now you're seeing the ramifications of it. It got him stuck in that play-in tournament, and now they're on the verge of being eliminated. Yeah, careful what you wish for. But again, Chris Paul's injured. If Chris Paul was healthy, I would say the Suns are going to win it. But of course, with the NBA manufactured drama, it is what it is. You and know, you never it know will never what shock way. me. Yeah. Th- this if, one is going to go game 7. It's going to come down to an overtime. You watch how the officials are going to manipulate it. 
Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for saying it because that's what I was thinking. Yes. It's it's manufactured. It's like a it's, soap opera. The NBA is like a goddamn soap opera. It, I, it's I, as bad as wrestling. At some I was going to say wrestling's more legitimate. <laughs> and we'll get to that in the weekend edition, kids. Spotify, Anchor, all over the place. Now, big topic of the week. Bringing basketball full circle. Bring some tennis into this. If you have listened to our podcast here since we've been doing it over the last three months, you know that we are not fans of arrogant prima donna athletes. But at the same time, we don't like jackass fans either. Fans cannot be assholes. Just because you buy a ticket to the game does not give you the right to be a complete retard. And yes, I'm politically incorrect there because that's what these people acted like. So, very concisely, quickly, I'm going to give you a rundown of the last couple of weeks. What fans have done to athletes or to a particular sport, there's been spitting on players. There's been popcorn thrown at players. There's been charges of racist taunts. Running water on the court. Thrown water bottles and streaking. Come on. Seriously. This is absolute stupidity. Now, what the big question that I'm going to pose to you, what is the underlying reason for it? Is it because they're all cooped up for a year and now they're finally getting to go back to the arenas? Is it because the athletes have become arrogant, pompous jackasses who are overpaid, who seem to rub it in the noses of the fans? I mean, where is the cause the underlying cause of this it's it's the whole anymore everybody has the me 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 mentality people do not take personal responsibility for anything that they do everything is somebody else's fault i can do whatever the hell i want nobody can stop me it's just and the guy you mentioned it's ridiculous there's no consequences for most of the stuff that goes down. And that's a good point because I've heard a lot of people say here over the last couple of days is this behavior has ramped up that, well, if we're not going to penalize protesters, if we're not going to penalize people who throw things at the police, breaking then why the would law. you expect people to behave differently at a basketball game? If, if they're, like you said, if there are no consequences put out there, why, why? Why should I behave myself? And the guy, you pointed out the water bottle. That was the first one that popped into your head, was the water bottle. Yeah. That guy has been all over, you know. I thought we weren't what? supposed to show these kind of guys. The streakers, they've never showed. But they have this guy's face plastered all over the internet, all over know, the sports news. That's another problem I have with the media as well. It goes back to even the riots at the Capitol. Why are you continuing to show the pictures of these people? You're giving them fame. You're giving them glory. That's the whole thing. You're feeding their ego. That's the whole thing when you keep talking about all these shootings is you're giving them their 15 minutes of fame that they want because you're harping on it and saying their names over and over and showing the images. You're giving them what they want. And I will never condone the behavior 
that I just listed. There is no excuse for any of this. But crap. now, being the maestro, being Mr. Negative Nancy, I'm going to turn this around and start talking about the antagonistic behavior of some of these athletes. And a lot of them we've called out here before. But it does. It the goes water bottle ways. incident that you've pointed out, I am not condoning, but what might have instigated the moment was Kyrie Irving, one of my least favorite basketball players, right next to LeBron Braun, you know, sucking on his nook-nook in his diaper, rubbing and stamping all over the Celtics logo mid-court. But that should not have been the fans. The Celtics players should have taken pride and handled the issue themselves. That's a good point. Much like the Cowboys did back against... What was it, T.O.? T.O. when he was with the Niners. Right. It should have been handled by the teams. But, again, this is where I'm kind of going with this, is that a guy like Kyrie Irving, who we've ripped on here for the last three months, and rightfully so, I would never, I, if I was a GM of a basketball team, number one, God help me. If I had to run a basketball team, <laughs> there's got to be a better investment out there somewhere. Kyrie Irving would be the last guy I'd want on my team. He's, he's, he has he's shown the one nothing, you can count on the least. He has shown nothing but a propensity for whining, crying, acting pious and pompous and thinking he's better than everybody else but not supporting the team, not supporting his teammates, disappearing when he wants, taking time off when he wants. And then he comes, and somebody, I think it was Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, I want to give her credit, was calling him a troll. Said he's a troll. Yeah, that's a good And Durant is too. She said that too. He and Durant are both trolls. And I've said Durant's not as much of a piece of garbage as Kyrie, but Durant gets out there, acts like he's smarter than everybody else, yet he's dropping F-bombs left and right. Yeah, And oh, we do yeah, that too, that's... but we do it with a passion. We don't just F this, F that, F this, F that. No, it's, it's used to make a point. Right. But somehow Durant, Irving are beloved in the NBA community. Everybody thinks they're great guys. I wouldn't want them watching my back. I really wouldn't. I'll say this about LeBron James. I will actually say something good about LeBron James. We've said he's a mercenary. I would I would rather have LeBron James as a teammate watching my back than these guys. Yeah, LeBron will stick up for his now, guys. Now, if I, if I started to, to whine and cry and bitch and moan and, and oh, my God, I, I pulled my pinky finger. I'm going to be out for six weeks, you know. Then he might turn his back on me. Rightfully Suck it so. Up, you Rightfully so. But I wouldn't trust Kyrie Irving to watch my kids for five damn minutes. Oh, I mean, look, a chicken. For, yeah, I mean, and I, I think you bring up a great point. Where were the Boston Celtic players to stick up for the logo, to stick up for the team morale? Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's crazy. All right, now we're going to bring this around to tennis, believe it or not, because as Dave said, the media's got a lot to to, to do with this problem. <sighs> now, again, I'm going to be the negative guy. 
as we go to the French Open with Naomi Osaka, the number two player in the world with four Grand Slam titles to her name. She came out, skipped the first press conference, I believe, yeah. after her, her initial win, fined $15,000. Which, I'm sorry, mandatory talking to the press has got to go away. Well, and that's the argument, see? So here we go. Yin and yang. She skipped her press conference obligation. She was fined 15000 dropped out of the second round, and said, this is all detrimental to my mental health. I need to take time off. You know, she just she's not, not right. She is just not right. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. She, she hit a breaking point, she hit a wall, and she needs to get away. Understandable, it happens to everybody. And I know I know Venus Williams, not Venus, Serena, stuck up for her. Um, now, what I've heard is that the possible point where the stress level for Naomi Osaka got really high was because of Serena, because of a match they had where Serena went ballistic, and I think she was screaming at everybody, but her father, and I think Naomi took it badly and said, is, am, I the, am I the problem? What's the problem? Why is she going ballistic? And I'm just speculating on that. But then ironically, the number 11 seed, Petra Dvetkova, who has won two Grand Slams herself, twisted her ankle as she was in a press conference at the French Open and had to drop out. Again, <sighs> very odd, very ironic that her press obligations would cause her to get injured and drop out. But I guess my point is, and again, I know you and I are probably going to be different sides of the coin on this. She never should, Naomi Osaka should never have entered the French Open. Never should have. Never should have. She should have said, I need to take time off for personal reasons. I need to step away from tennis. That I, would have been fine. That's the way you do it. But if you're going there, you know what your obligations are. Yeah. Yeah. And I the, am the I dropping am... out if if she if she really wasn't right with herself, she never should have been there to begin with. That's my point. And I am the foremost advocate. I swear to God, anybody wants to argue with me on this, go for it. I think all health plans, and I've said this in the past, maybe not on the podcast, but I know I've said it with Dave, maybe in the past on other sports frenzy formats. I think health insurance should cover maybe a $20, $30 copay, 100%. Beyond that, going to see a psychiatrist once a week. If you need to talk to someone, because that's the problem in this world nowadays, with social media, with the bombardment of the mass media, people feel isolated. Sometimes. It's ironic. It's, it's like a 180 because of all the voices screaming at you from your internet, from your phone. People, All the trolls out there. People need to sit down with a professional sometimes and talk things out because you're not going to get a healthy discourse that's going to help you out through Facebook or through Twitter. 
those are the last places and I you need to go. Always to. said I would never ever ridicule anybody that needed to go see a shrink once a week. I would love to do it. If if I thought my insurance would cover it, I would be there in a second. And a lot of you out there are probably going, "Yeah, you do do need one, Maestro." There are times <laughs> where I would agree with you all out there, but no, he's right. Sometimes the pressure of anything can get to you and you need an outside person to talk things through with. Right. Not a family member, not friends. It's you, you, you have to take a break. And I think this is a big problem with the world nowadays. And we're not trying to, we're not trying to stick up for the media. God knows we hate the media with a passion. So I'm torn on that point because if you have an obligation, if you are required football players, baseball players, managers, whatever it might be, NBA players, to speak with the media for X amount of minutes or answer X amount of questions, you're getting paid well enough where you should just suck it up and do it. Yeah, but how about we actually, as the media, ask relevant questions, intelligent questions, questions not be stupid morons about it and trying to drive wedges and create stories where they're not there well said my friend well said and on that note we're going to wrap up segment one for sports frenzy we're going to give you a little uh precursor to some big in ncaa basketball news coming up here with our next promo So you're going to love it, kids, and we'll be right back. This is Coach K, and after my retirement from college basketball, I plan to become an analyst on Sports Frenzy 2.0 with the Maestro and the Conquistador every Thursday on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast and Castbox, and don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0. This is Coach K introducing the maestro Kevin Crane and Dave Height, the conquistador, on the eve of my retirement announcement. <laughs> I told you we had big news for you, kids. In the studio. (laughs) If you haven't heard it. And you'd have to almost be under a rock. Yeah, and met with kind of a semi-collective snooze. It's like, really? Uh, Yeah, okay, we knew it was coming. Coach K is going to retire after this season with Duke. Ooh, yay. Probably about a year or two too late. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you one of the dumbest rumors I heard today. I mean literally dumb beyond belief. With the Celtics chaos we oh talked my about earlier. God. Somebody actually Somebody you. said Coach K's taking over with the Celtics. Oh my god. No. I think he's had his fill with that whole Olympic debacle. <laughs> well the math doesn't work because if he's going to coach Duke one more year, then he can't coach the Celtics next year. Right. So it's a whole whatever. But this is your media. This is your sports media for you. This is Stephen A. Smith, ESPN, Skip Bayless, idiocy there is what you it go. is. Was it John Shire, his longtime assistant, 
is taking over and he's been running the recruiting program for the last few years so they should not skip a beat in that regard oh see i was i was thinking you might see like a grant hill kind of throw his yep. name in there nope, they've already okay. announced it okay all right so it's time to move to nascar and as we tape this on june the 2nd 2021 the conquistador and i are actually doing a little bit Double of cheating duty. here we're cheating for the first time ever on Sports Frenzy, the podcast, we have got the iRacing going in the background as, as we're watching the, the Chicago Street Course. Yeah, the prototype for the Chicago Street Race. I think we mentioned with, this a with couple the months next ago. Gen car that they're supposed to run next year. Yeah. So, I mean, if this is how it would look, I mean, obviously, weather would have to cooperate, but it's gorgeous. It looks fantastic. We're not seeing a lot of passing zones, but... No, nobody can really get a handle on their car right now because as rough as the streets are, they're bouncing all over, but it's yeah. kind of cool. But NASCAR has talked about putting this in to the Cup Series. Yeah, I'm in favor of what I'm seeing right now. And, of course, the Conquistador and I, being the, the huge Cup fans we are, have been talking about... You, you've got to get... Now that you've put so many road courses into the schedule, you'd have to drop one. Yeah, um, you can't add another one. So you would you would rather go I get would Indy take back to Indy's road course out and put them back on the regular track. Now see, I would probably say get rid of the Daytona road course because that that's the third race in the regular season for Daytona. They don't need three. There you go. But you got to keep Circuit of the Americas just ignore the rain debacle. Um, and Road America coming up, I, I imagine, is going to be phenomenal. We've be talked about that for years. That Road America should be on there. Right. And, of course, Watkins Glen, Sonoma, obviously. See, now, if you really want to shake things up out California way, throw Willow Springs, oh the fastest God. road in the West from, out there. From GT. Gran Turismo, I know Willow Springs. Yeah. yeah, throw Willow Springs out there. Maybe alternate that with Sonoma. Oof, that could be nice. That could be throw they, throw a little monkey wrench in everything once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Because didn't they take one race away from California? Yeah, they took one of the one of the Fontana races. Fontana away, right? races. All right. Well, so yeah. maybe a bounce back and forth between Sonoma and Willow Springs. Once you hippie idiots out on the West Coast get your crap together, maybe you get another race back. <laughs> they can't support everything they got as it is. Come on, David, tell us about Kyle Larson's dominance in the Coca Cola oh 600. Oh my God, he just obliterated the field. Well picked, Maestro. Thank you. That was a boring damn race. And the ratings actually were great, which shocked me because I would have figured it, people was were no tuning out. There was no excitement because there was no passing, really. I mean, well, like very said, little. And Larson was, maxed out. He ran away with the damn thing, and it, it it wasn't that exciting of a race to watch. No, it was not. And I said I've never, with my feeble, fading memory as I grow older, I do not remember ever – a Coca-Cola 600 finishing before 10:30 at night. Never. Usually, the, usually you're getting close to a between 11 and 12. Well, usually you're making it a true Memorial Day race. Yeah, you're going after midnight. Yeah. So this was just crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It did feel nice. So finally, 
finally for once to hit on a, a race or a baseball team or with your football picks to Something hit the perfect, right. the perfect driver team. Yeah, it was great. So now I got a cushion. And now I'm feeling better. It gives Hendrick the most wins by yes. an organization in NASCAR. 269. Yep. So big, big history here for NASCAR. And Hendrick wound up putting everybody up top again, too. So they had everybody, just about everybody up in the top five, or no, they had... It was one, two, four, one, five. One, two, four, five. Kyle Busch, because he said in the interviews after the race, says, I'm just glad I could break up the Hendrick yeah. monopoly. <laughs> so they are running strong yeah. right now. Now, we're going to get to more history with the Indy 500, but I do have to give you my NASCAR rumor of the week. We still have not gotten confirmation on the Keselowski to Roush Fenway move yet, but he's being very coy about it. I think it's going to happen. He wants to make sure everything's in place before, which makes sense. Now, the new team with Jordan and Hamlin, is it 2311 or is it 23X1? Are they trying to be cute with the name, with the Roman numerals for 11? I think they are. All right, I'm going to call it 2311 Racing. Yeah. The rumor is, and you can see with the results this year that, that Kurt Busch has had, Kurt Busch is rumored to be the second the 2311 second car starting next year. Kurt Busch is going to jump ship off Ganassi and head over to 2311 and be there with Bubba Wallace for Hamlin and Jordan. So uh, let's mix it up, you know, let's, Why let's not? do it. Let's yeah. have some fun with it. Yeah. Because God knows. Now is it going to be 3211? Oh, Jesus God. Why, why do you always have to do this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> because I know it annoys the hell out of you. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell us about the history at the Indy 500 conquistador? Helio Castro Neves comes out and gets his Fourth win during the 105th running of the greatest spectacle in racing. Just plotting away the entire race and there at the end, put himself in position to tie A.J. Foyt, Al Unser Sr. and Rick Mears as the four four-time winners. And in the fastest 500 in history, averaging 190.690 miles an hour. And that was probably the fewest cautions ever at Indy to get that. Yeah, I'll admit, I only watched the last maybe 80 laps. But, uh, yeah, I, I got the, the same The racing impression. was very great. Clean. Very clean Very race. clean race. All the accidents happened on and off pit road. So that was highly unusual, but clean race. It was exciting. There was a lot of passing going on, drama. So, And as we mentioned last week, and again, this is like me getting excited over the XFL, but with the SRX racing coming up here a week from Saturday, Castro Navis is in that. Yeah. And now and let me ask you this. This is a guy everybody discounted because everybody was saying, oh, it's four is never going to happen again. Everybody forgot about Helio running in this one. And he said he ran into Mears the night before at Elmo's Steakhouse. <laughs> and Rick told him, I'm pulling for you. I hope you can pull this off and join us. Now he can go for five. Yeah. 
you know. And this is the first one outside of the Penske juggernaut. So. so there you go. Now, let me ask you this, going back to SRX racing, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I've seen that promo that first alerted me, reminded me that this was coming. And I wanted to make sure I'd, I'd seen the promo a couple more times before I, I asked you this. They're saying the cars are all digital. Does that mean they've been Is digitally this- spec'd out? It's not, I don't think it's iRacing. I think they're actually running on tracks, but they're calling them digital cars. I don't know because I haven't seen the promo. I've got to believe it's, it's got to have something to do that there must be, the, the cars must be carved out. Everything's got to be done it, it, it on a certain computer template. It basically harkens back to the old IROC Right, right. That's what I was thinking. The too. old International Race of right, Champions. Right, right. Yeah, because they're not, they're actually running these cars. They're not doing, like we're talking about the iRacing here, we've got going on with the Chicago Street Race. You yeah. know, we all know these guys are sitting in their homes, you know, they're multi-million dollar comfy yeah. homes. No, I think with the digitally specced, they can get them as near identical as possible, unlike right, yeah. back in the old IROC days. Yep. All right. So that being said, it's time to make our picks for race 16 of the NASCAR Cup Series, the Toyota Save Mart 350 from Sonoma. We were just talking about road courses. So this was interesting. This this, this was actually kind of a, a tough call for me going back and forth. Because yep. Truex Jr. has a solid history at Sonoma running very well. And uh, Chase Elliott, who's been Mr. Road Course, has not fared overly well. But that being said, I'm going with, with the hot driver on the courses with Elliott. Yep, you and Mrs. C are both going with Chase Elliott, and I agree. Very tough pick, and I think to back you up, to make you feel a little better about your your pick, I think he had a DNF that might skew his numbers. That, yeah, there was that one in there. Uh, but that being said, I had a plan. I had a template that I was going to stick to for at least half of these races in the first 26 and even though Elliott's got a lot better starting spot than Martin Truex, I'm taking Martin Truex. Uh, so is the Big Blue W. So we got two Elliots, two Truexes. We also have two Kyle Bushes. Dirty Bush. Dirty Bush. For Nick, the governor, and Aaron, the Big Easy. They're both going Kyle Bush. We are still waiting. I'm sorry, did I say Nick was the governor? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. He's the juggler. He's the juggler. Yeah, the governor is the one we do not have a pick for yet. That's right. So we're still waiting on that. That's okay. Deadline is still a couple hours away. But so two Kyle Bush, two Chase Elliott's, two Martin Truex, and the elder statesman with an interesting pick, which could turn out to be great. Or a complete debacle. He is taking Alex Bowman. Interesting so, on a road course. Good starting spot. Yeah. So We'll see how this plays out. Now we will move on to baseball, where I have to admit. Lou Gehrig Day, kids, as we tape. Yeah. And I have to admit, 
boy, I might have to apologize. I might have to bite the bullet and, and say David Ross is actually a good manager after all. I wouldn't go that far. I think the guys are just playing out of their ass. Boy, I do too. They are. I mean, Cubs have brought up a couple guys here this past week. They are 32-23. and 23. They just today swept the Padres. One of the best teams in baseball. Um, they are now one game up on St. Louis in first place in the NL Central. How uh, in God's green earth? Pitching's getting better. Um, this kid, Wisdom, they, they brought up. He's bounced around. He's been with, I think, Texas and St. Louis. He's phenomenal. I think he's jacked four home runs in the last week and a half. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of injuries. Bodie's out. Hayward's out. Rizzo just came back after missing a lot of time, and he had a big game today. Uh, I am, I am, I don't know if I'm shocked, surprised, disappointed because all of the above. Yeah, I want them to do well, but at the same time, all these guys are going to be free agents at the end of the year, and they're maybe they realize that the Cubs have been dinking them around for so long, they haven't done anything, and they're playing for a new deal elsewhere yeah so you got to be careful with that too now the white Sox, who we picked in our baseball competition this week weather has not helped us no and shane bieber did not help us no they they are in kind of a hitting slump once again and they just not making solid contact yeah, so they we picked them this week because they had eight games they won the first game of the doubleheader on Memorial Day, lost the second, and then followed up on the Tuesday with the loss with the Bieber start. They came back on the bullpen in the ninth and fell just short. So Yeah, and now today they got rained out, so we yeah. lost that extra game that we that were hoping we that needed. would give us an edge. As uh, uh, Dave's in first and I'm in second, so we both took the White Sox this week. So hopefully they will devastate the, the Tigers, Tigers here in four games Thursday through Sunday. Now, here's my question for you. I know how much you love Tony La Russa. <clears throat> have you heard about this whole Loretta's Lounge, La Russa's Lounge have. debacle? And I think the Sox as an organization royally screwed the pooch on that one. La Russa already had a spot elsewhere in the stadium. And they moved it to a more prominent location, which unfortunately was at the expense of a longtime concession employee who's had that area named after her for years. And they made the change without letting her family know about it. They moved the, the uh, sign to the lesser area where La Russa was, but they claim they left the plaque honoring her still in that spot. They're just totally screwing everything up with this La Russa thing. There's no excuse for it. I hate it. Well, you know what? It's They're gonna be, disenfranchising it's gonna the be fan fun. base. It's going to be again. fun if they somehow win the World Series and you have to admit you hate your manager, even though he got your World Series. Oh, I'm I'm looking at it this way, that they're winning despite him. 
All right, other baseball news. I have to give a nod, a shout-out to the Sports Frenzy West manager, the Big Blue W, Bill Lazowski. He's been throwing some uh, Major League Baseball trivia at us weekly, and there are two milestones that we have to talk about here that have hit Major League Baseball in the last couple of weeks. Number one, the 20,000th MLB player came up about a week and a half ago. The Mariners catcher, Jose Goday. Goday for him. I think it's Goday. G-O-D-O-Y. Wouldn't that be Goday? I think so, as the Aussies would say. <laughs> Where's Crocodile Dundee? So. And then the two millionth run was just scored here the last week. I saw By that. the Twins' Josh Donaldson. And, of course, because he's got nothing better to do, he's retired. The Big Blue W's got so to all he can do is spit all this numbers. useless crap out to us while we've got to worry about making payments and living our lives and raising our kids. And doing this wonderful show for all of you. <laughs> but we love, the, we love the Big Blue W. We still wish he was here. And if he was, he would be doing this with us. Yep, that he would. All right, we did not mention, we forgot last week, Corey Kluber of the Yankees did get the sixth no-hitter of the season on the 19th of May. Yep. Have not had one since. You would have figured we might have. I know. <laughs> the way things were going. Um, the Angels have had some drama this week. No, number, really? Out in California? Well, number one, Mickey Calloway, <laughs> a.k.a. Pervy Dirtbag. <laughs> was fired finally and suspended by Major League Baseball that through long enough. the end of 2022. That guy is a douchebag beyond belief. I don't understand it. I don't <laughs> get it. What is it with these guys? You know, oh, I'm going to take a picture of my junk. I'm going to send it to yeah, all the I'm female take a picture in my underwear. I'm going to stand there and over you with my crotch in your face. No, come on. Show some freaking respect in class. It's just arrogance. It's unbelievable arrogance. Good. I'm glad they got rid of him. He needed not only to was an, he was an idiot manager for the Mets, and now he's just an idiot human being. A disgrace now, of humanity. But now, of course, on May the 27th, the arguable MVP of the American League, Shohei Otani. Could not pitch. He did play as a DH, but he could not pitch on the 27th because he got stuck in a traffic jam. <laughs> now, I'm not going to put him in the dumbass no. category because there was a massive accident, I guess, on the bridge connecting San Francisco to Oakland. But the BART ran into a lot of problems <laughs> as well that his alternate route, right. the train running He went back there, to the hotel to get on the train. And that had delays. And so he couldn't go through his pregame warmups right. to get right. ready. So he was able to, to hit, but yeah, he could not get ready to pitch. So just <laughs> crazy. Are you happy now, Joe? Are you happy out there? <laughs> um, we talked about this. Joe West tossed St. Louis manager Mike Schilt. The day we taped our last episode on the 26th. Yep. He made the relief pitcher change his hat because of a foreign stub, foreign substance. Which I wanted to bring up because you called this out a few weeks ago. 
You said, let's start cracking down on this crap. And so Joe West heard you, and Giovanni Gallegos was told to change his hat because he had sunscreen on the bill of his cap. Yep. And that was in a game against the White Sox. It was. Now, unfortunately, we've had four minor league pitchers suspended 10 games for being found with a foreign substance on them. Two White Sox pitchers, one low A, one high A, Marcus Evie and Sal Biazzi. Morons, do not do this. Then you've got the third one, Giants high A pitcher, Kai Wee Tang, and Rangers low A pitcher, Mason Engler. So you know where these guys are in the system. They were trying to do something to get that little extra to maybe get them noticed within the organization sorry kids not gonna happen did you say the one guy's name was tang tang t-e-n-g tang kai Wei tang <laughs> you could never go wrong getting some tang <laughs> and here you just talked about the former manager. this is why we're explicit and not clean all right, some injury news. We talked about basketball with the injuries that just that are, are changing the face of the playoffs now yeah. in baseball. Tatis is out again. Tatis is out again. Jack Flaherty, who oh was God. the runaway Cy Young leader for the, the Cardinals, he's out now for yeah. an extended period of time. Either a strain or a tear of his oblique from hitting, from a swing. And of course, do you really think you need a DH now? Yeah, and, and yes, great point. Wouldn't have been better to have just bit the bullet and kept the DH in the National League. We've talked about the, the commissioners, and I've stuck up for Goodell, but I will not stick up for Silver in the NBA. And this idiot in baseball. Oh, Manfred's just a moron. No. And now, of course, the Nationals are dealing with yet another Steven Strasburg injury. No. He just came back. And, of course, he pitches, I think, one and a third innings. And he had to be pulled. The China doll syndrome in sports continues. Yeah. Well, the Sox reliever Michael Kopech is on the... IL now. I didn't know Kopech was out, really. He landed wrong in one of his outings last week, and it tweaked his hamstring. Mm. But we, we alluded to this earlier. What is it? Is it the conditioning? Is it these guys are, are just babies? What is it? I don't know. In Kopech's thing, it was just the landing on the mound. He was away and just kind of overstretched it. And they're being precautious because they're treating him with kid gloves coming off the Tommy John surgery. Right. And, and he's young and he's got a... He's got the brightest freaking future out there. Yep. And they want him for the playoff run. Yep. Tatis, he's going to be Boy, Tatis one of those... Was really putting up some massive numbers. Coming off that yeah, shoulder cause, dislocation. Because when we were predicting our preseason awards... You had Acuna Jr. and I had Tatis Jr. 
And they were going neck and neck. Yeah. They really were. And now, right now, the big difference is Acuna has been able to stay healthy where Tatis hasn't. Yeah. So it, it, it gets interesting. Yes. Where we're at with that part. And then do we want to go with, well, no, I'm going to save that. You know what I think we need to do? We need to do old school right now. We need to go back in time to an old school actor who loved Sports Frenzy so much, and he decided to do a promo for us. Oh, yeah, it is that time, kids. Yep, so hold on for a second. Old school actor going to do a promo for us, and we'll be right back. For our weekend edition. Yes. Please check out our weekend edition, now available all over the place, as you will hear in just a second. Stay tuned. Listen to Sports Frenzy 2.0, the weekend edition, on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox, as the maestro and conquistador give their reviews and news on music, movies, TV, books, and more every Saturday. They can't help themselves. They have no control over this this need to talk and scream. It's inside them. The fire, the voices, the torment. Hey kids, welcome back to the cooling studio as we get ready to take on the NHL. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. And I am the maestro Kevin Crane. So we've got playoffs going on right now in the NHL as well. And damn, the Maple Leafs folded as bad as the Red Wings a few years ago when they let the Blackhawks win it. Maple Leafs lose to the Canadians in the series after being up three games to one. Ouch. That hurts. So now you got the Jets and the Canadians vying to come out of the North. And how is that going to work, you ask? Well, the NHL and the Canadian government are nearing reaching a travel exception agreement for the teams to go back and forth over the border to make this, this series happen. So we'll see where we go from there. Um, big news on the suspension front. We talked about the Avalanche's Kadari getting that eight-game suspension a couple weeks back and that he was appealing it. Commissioner Bettman upheld it, and now... For some reason, the NHL Players Association is filing another appeal wanting a neutral arbitrator to take a look at it. Come on, he's already served three of the eight games suspension. The guy deserves it. I'm ashamed of the NHL Players Association for sticking up for this guy. You want player safety, and he went completely against it. You can't have it both ways. Sorry. And we don't want to bring the Wilson thing up again. No. Obviously, you know, we've been beating the drum on that for three weeks now, and that's never going to get fixed. No. And now you've got the Golden Knights forward, Ryan Reeves, suspended two games because of a roughing and unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, but he also got the match penalty 
for attempting to actually injure the Avs' Ryan Graves. So he went out of his way, and that netted him a two-game suspension. So that's going to play large in that series as it goes along. So everywhere else, we have got the Islanders and the Bruins in, what, the East Finals, yeah. the way it's configured now. They're tied at one game apiece. The Golden Knights are down one to the Avalanche in the West. And uh, Central, is it? Again, this is a new configuration. I'm assuming it's a Central. Yeah, it would be the Central. Um, would be Tampa Bay, two to nothing, taking it to the Hurricanes. They are. And that's who we talked about as being the team to beat. Yeah. Back to back, right? Yep. Yeah. So there's your hockey update, kids. Real quick, couple NFL things. I got one to piss off the conquistador. Of course you do. Dolphins news. Comes out about a week ago that Tua Tagovailoa did not know the playbook well enough. So I don't know if you blame Flores, but it seems like the playbook was set up for Fitzpatrick. They pulled the trigger when they shouldn't have. They put went Tua too in. soon. So now Tua comes out and admits he did he not know the playbook. Ready. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. That that's I don't a complete think, and I don't think down. that's the first time. No, that it's ever happened. I think maybe it's the first time that. It's admitted yeah. that it's happened. Yeah. But when you when you're told one thing and then you expect to be able to go piecemeal incrementally learn and then oh, during the headlights moment we're throwing you out there. Then there's a lesson kids, be prepared at all times. With that being said, I know that I know the Dolphins end up what 10 and 6. I think yeah. just missing the playoffs. There was no reason. They were set. They were good enough they were f- with Fitzpatrick. Should have just stuck with him the whole year. Maybe they go 9-7. and seven. There, I didn't see the reason. It's, to me, it is still so important to let these young quarterbacks sit as long as they can. Let them develop and learn. Now, on the flip side, um, with Speaking of the Dolphins, uh, it was just a thing with Dan Marino talking about Don Shula. And it was brought up that, you know, Belichick's got the chance in another four or five years to possibly surpass Shula for most wins as an NFL coach. And Marino's like, I hope like hell he doesn't get it because Coach Shula is the best damn coach ever. And oh talking back about their relationship that right from the beginning Shula told Marino you're the guy coming in learn the playbook because you're going to be calling your own plays right from the beginning and they developed him in that regard so there's a guy being tabbed to be there right from the beginning and being given the keys to everything right out of the gate versus somebody who's been told you're going to sit and learn and then thrown to the wolves. Right. And Marino, Marino was a conundrum. Marino was, I I know he did not do well on his Wonderlick test. And I am one of the few people that still 
wants to see my quarterback have a good Wonderlick score. I just want you to show me a decent level of intelligence. And Marino did not, from what I remember, do well. No. But at the same time. Yeah, and, but then you've got a Peyton Manning, a Troy Aikman, guys that were thrown in right away, and they had miserable first years, but they learned from it, and they bounced back second, third year, and ended up being Hall of Famers. Whereas Marino, like you're saying, Shula showed him the faith, showed him the confidence. Worked with him. And the dude was in the Super Bowl in no time at all. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, never that won. the only time he got there. Unfortunately, for you and I agree, one of the top two or three greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, I just, I don't trust these younger guys being thrown in the, look at Mitch Trubisky. He, he was thrown in the fire halfway through he his rookie season ready. with a coach that didn't have an offense set up for him. No, a coach that really didn't want him. I think it was right. just the GM that did. Right. So there, there are plenty of examples that will back me up, plenty of examples that will back up the people that say throw him into the fire right away, sink or swim. Um, yeah, but the problem is with the sink or swim anymore, the guys who were thrown in that, we're given the time to develop and work through it. You don't have that anymore. There's no patience in this day and age. Right, right. Look at uh, Josh Rosen. When did Josh Rosen ever get a chance to prove himself as a quarterback? He didn't. So we'll never know if the guy could have been any good if he'd been in the right situation, given a chance to learn. So we'll see. The NFL has set the, the, the cap ceiling for 2022 at 208.2 million. So 208.2. Obviously, <laughs> what did I say? No, I'm just saying yeah. the point two, really? Yeah. You couldn't make it an even number. Oh, come on. The number of crunchers, the bean counters have got to be specific. So, but this is going to be good for the NFL for next year. They obviously anticipate coming out of the COVID mess. So now that's going to jump if it gets even close to the ceiling. Now this is the most it can be. Right. Every year they have to negotiate this with the players union. But if this would even be 206, 207, that means a lot more guys are going to get a lot more money next year. Yeah. So if Ryan Pace is still the Bears GM, that means he's going to overpay some dirt bag <laughs> that we don't need or don't want. Do not pull another Quinn deal. <laughs> Good news on that, though. The June 1 deadline has passed. Now. So now guys like Aaron Rodgers can be traded. Deshaun Watson can be traded. Julio Jones can be traded. Nick Foles can be traded. And hint, we hint. don't take the cap hit that we would have before June the 1st. Right. Now, that being said, I still think the Packers should hose Rodgers. Call his bluff. Don't trade him. Keep him on and make his ass retire. I still don't understand why, why does he think he's going to succeed more in Denver? Because that's the only team that can really take him on. He's never going to play better than Pat Mahomes. I'm sorry. He's not. It's not going to happen. You're talking about, what, a 13, 14-year age difference? Yeah, and it's 
Sorry, you're not going to compete with them. Better coach with Kansas City. Yes. Arguably better weapons. All around. Sometimes you should be happy with what you have. Yep. Shut up and just play. And speaking of Julio Jones, a couple uh, weeks ago on live TV, he told Shannon Sharp, not sure if he knew that he was live. Right. But he said, I'm out of Atlanta, basically. Now, the funny thing about this is the one they, there's rumors that there's one team that has offered a first round pick for him. Why would you offer a first for him at this point? In and his then, then the follow-up was they didn't connect the dots. They didn't say this was a team that offered the first round pick, but they said Seattle was negotiating with the Falcons for Julio. Last time I checked, the how did it? How could Seattle even well, pick got, him up? They've got Tyler Lockett and Metcalf. Yeah. You don't well, need. You have got so many other needs to fill. Why wide, would you trade for Julio Jones? Wide receiver is not a need you have to worry about. Seattle's set better than twenty-five of the teams. Yeah, You're, in the NFL, that makes no sense. Well, that's just as bad as the damn Houston Texans now bringing a fourth running back into their fold. They just brought Rex Burkhead down. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. So now you've got Burkhead along with Johnson and Egram and Lindsey. I'm sorry, but that just shows what a freaking moron Nick Casario is that he has no business being in charge of a team. Yeah. yeah. This sometimes. is the ninth former Patriot this guy has brought along with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that Patriot mentality. You know, these, oh, I would well, fight in a foxhole with my guys. This is the guy who was there. What was it there? The person that they the players could talk to if they needed to? He didn't even have a coaching position. <laughs> and now suddenly he's running the Texans? Makes no sense yeah. at all. All right, time to move on to our moments of silence. Conquistador, you got a baseball one to lead off. I do. We have... Former Cy Young winner Mike Marshall, who in 1974 with the Dodgers, as a relief pitcher, put up numbers that any starter would kill for. 208.1 innings pitched, 106 appearances, he had a 242 ERA, earned 21 saves, and had 143 strikeouts. I mean, that's just insane. And for a reliever to do that, good Lord. He definitely deserved the Cy Young. And he was a solid reliever throughout his career. Yep. So our best to his family and friends. And I have got Mark Eaton, the center for those Utah Jazz teams that challenged the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson classic Bulls team uh, died in a bike crash. Ouch. I still haven't seen all the details on it. He was not hit by a car. 
Um, I don't know if the, the bike flipped on him and he hit his head wrong or what happened. Yeah, I but... didn't see the details, but our thoughts and prayers were his family. Yep. Still holds the record for block shots per game. And that team was well-constructed with that Stockton, was. Malone, him in the middle. They that, had some good role players. That was a Again, really solid team. You didn't have the, the Bulls juggernaut blocking your way. Yeah. You know, that's kind of why, you know, I'd be fine with the Jazz winning this year. I really would. Number one, because obviously it means LeBron's not. And the Nets aren't. But this is an organization that has has struggled, but they've put together solid teams and they do things right. And they're a cl- yeah, they're a class organization because going back to what we were talking about in our first segment, um, there was an incident with some kind of racist taunting with uh, John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. And what did the owners of the Jazz immediately do? They reached out to his family. They apologized, offered his family courtside seats. Yeah. Travel in and out of the arena with security. They That is a class act. The Utah Jazz are a class act. They are. And really, it would not bother me in the least if they won the title this year. I'm, I would be fine with that. All right, we got about uh, 10, 15 minutes left. We're going to have some problems here with the dumbasses of the week. For once, we have dissension in the ranks. So the conquistador and the maestro are going to fight about some uh, dumbass tags. Let's put it that way. Yeah, stupidity on both fronts, shall we say? That's fine. So let me let me go with the one first off that we are not going to argue about. Okay, is Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez has decided to launch a makeup line for men. I is this why Jennifer Lopez said bye bye? Benifer's back, by the way. You I know I know we. I was going to cover yeah. that in the neck in the weekend edition. God, I know he's messed up. Ben Affleck is my hero. <laughs> God. Damn, he's my hero. He's, he is the stud of all studs, man. <laughs> all right, back to the makeup. <laughs> my God, men do not wear makeup. Unless, of course, you have to have the pancake stuff on for but your TV But that's not spots. what this is for. I agree, but that's not what this is for. This is just casual. If you're going out on the, you know, the nightlife to the nightclubs. No! <laughs> No! Oh my God, A Rod. Oh, geez. go join your community. <laughs> All right, I got to go with Braves outfielder Marcel Ozuna, who's been on the freaking DL because he broke his hand in an errant slide. Now this asshole gets arrested for choking his wife, throwing her against the wall, and hitting her with the cast. And he only got out on $20,000 bond. I'm sorry. This guy needs to be put away. And thankfully, his wife has filed for divorce and there is a no contact order in place. There's no excuse for this asshat. No, his career is done. It's done. Um, and But the problem is, it's a little deeper with baseball. Um, in all sports, uh, we've heard of 
uh, Herman, the pitcher for the Yankees, within the last year or two had a problem like this. Uh, Chapman, Aroldis Chapman, Chapman, the closer is... for the Yankees, has had a problem like this within the last five years. Uh, um, what was it? The Astros got vilified for signing uh, – God, which closer was it? It wasn't Chapman. It was somebody oh, else. Oh, he came from the, the Blue Jays. Yeah. yeah. Ozuna? O- o- Osuna. 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 Not Ozuna. Not Ozuna, but, but we, Osuna. Yeah, we got an Ozuna and Osuna. Both dirtbags. Yeah. So and, – and they've – I think they've pretty much parted ways with him because I think Presley's our closer now. Yeah. Um, now, I will say this. I'm not sticking up for Ozuna or any of these guys, but – I do know that a year ago, to be fair, his wife, Ozuna's wife, did assault him. So I think that's just a big cluster. They, they're just, a, yeah, they, they shouldn't have here's split the, yeah, here's the back problem. then. You just, you've got the money, pack your shit up, and, and move leave. away. Write Don't it off. hit a woman. Never hit a woman. Because when it comes down to it, you're the one that's screwed. And you shouldn't do it anyway. Right. And you got the money, there's no excuse. All right, now it's time to get into an argument. Or two. Or three. I am going to call out the dumbasses called the advocates for minor leaguers because... They posted pictures of the Oakland A's AA food vendor... The food they gave these guys on a road trip, I believe to Texas. I could be wrong on that, but but everybody's up in arms, and they end, end up getting fired. And, of course, I guess I'm in the minority because I'm like, what? what is the big hairy goddamn deal? They forgot to put the meat in a sandwich, and now all of a sudden they're the scourge of the earth. It wasn't just the meat missing from the sandwich. The other picture was one small little piece of chicken, a tomato, and an onion in a freaking taco shell. Let me ask you this. These guys guys get free food everywhere they go. There are people out there starving to death, would have killed for that meal. But, oh no, the poor minor leaguers don't get lobster bisque and freaking... You know, shrimp on the Barbie. Kiss my ass. I'm sorry, but if a team is paying a vendor to feed their players in the minor leagues, they should be getting the food that they're paying for. This seems like it's a freaking vendor trying to undercut and make more of a profit. That's fine. I will agree with you on that. But I am not going to shed any more goddamn tears for pampered athletes. I don't care if they're double-A players or not. Double-A players get shit. Oh, come on. Come on. You're you're looking at people that are working for minimum wage out here. They get nothing. And these guys get free. These guys are pretty much getting minimum wage. No, I will not support you on this at all. This is wrong. Do I have a problem with them firing the vendor because they did not supply what they were supposed to? No. But I am not going to shed a goddamn tear when there's people out there starving and these guys are making, what, thirty, forty thousand 40000 a year? Not even. Whatever. They, they are getting room and board. They are getting transported from city to city. 
getting to see places that these people will never see, who can barely make ends meet, and they're bitching and pissing and moaning because there's only one little nugget of chicken in my tortilla. Fuck them. Sorry. No. I Sue you <laughs> for not taking care of your people. That's what we're talking about. You pompous ass windbag. No, no, I am now a leftist socialist. Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. I'm fighting for the people, the homeless, the indigent. Go away. <laughs> All right. Next topic. Wait, yeah, we got more fighting here, kids. If you thought that was fun, wait till you get this one. Bob freaking Brenly pulls another damn semi actually no another poor taste joke out of his hat during a game talking about the closer or relief pitcher Stroman no, no, starting, no, pitcher. starting pitcher Stroman wearing pitcher. a do-rag and his comment was gee I wonder if that was was it the same, same do-rag that, that Tom, Tom Seaver wore dude come on how is that racist? It's not, but it's just a stupid comment. See, now, Dave had Bob Brenly down as a dumbass, and I had Marcus Stroman down as a dumbass. Because Brenly has been called out for stupid things before. Oh, my God. Marcus Stroman is one of the biggest asshats in baseball. Regardless. No, it's not. There's no racist undertone. How is he being a racist by saying it was the same do-rag Tom Seaver wore? I don't see how that's racist. How is that? It's stupid. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's not racist. I will agree with you. It's not racist. So why is it making people making a big deal about it? Leave it alone. It was a stupid comment. Let it go. The idiots in the booth in all these baseball teams make stupid comments all the time. Let it go. Agreed. Strowman took it a little Strowman's too far. Strowman's an idiot. Strowman has been known to be an asshat when it comes to he's just like he's like the Kyrie Irving of baseball. He's so sensitive. He got lucky this year. He got so lucky the Mets got a new owner with money. And they renewed his contract for, I think, $19 million. No way in hell did he deserve $19 million. No, he shouldn't have gotten that much. But it was no. either that or let him go for nothing. So they decided we'll keep Overpay. him. pay. Yeah. Because, you know, he's better than what we could have got on the open market. No, I'm again, we're going to do full, full circle here to wrap up Sports Frenzy for the week. Going back to the insensitive fans and the sensitive players, I am getting sick of the sensitive player mentality where it's all, oh, my God, coddle me, love me, take care of me. I'm getting $50 million, but take care of me but and don't love me. don't make fun of me. Yeah, don't make fun of me. Don't criticize me. Sorry, if you deserve to be criticized, you're going to get criticized. And God damn it, if you get a sandwich with just lettuce and tomato, and screw you. <laughs> there you go, kids. I couldn't wish for a better ending for Sports Frenzy this week. But we're not really done yet because now it's time to tape the weekend edition. So check out our reviews of Man on a Ledge and news about the AEW double or nothing pay-per-view which 
Believe it or not, the conquistadors go. go. So that'll hit on Saturday morning. This will hit on Thursday morning, the third. For the conquistador, Dave Height. For the maestro, Kevin Crane. Say goodnight. Well, I didn't. See, here we're still fighting. I didn't want to say say goodnight yet. Fine. Yo, the Goya. Yeah, go get go get some rancid meat. <laughs> Take the family for a tasty brown treat. We hope you had as much fun listening to us yell as we did. It was enjoyable. <laughs> we'll see you next week, kids.